You're listening to the Audacious As Fuck Podcast, where we're not just talking about business, we're talking about life. Hola, I'm your host, Marta Ramos, a Dominican-American lifestyle entrepreneur who had the audacity to go from corporate to chief empowered officer of my life and business. And this show is dedicated to reimagining what more is possible for you so that you can start creating your own path to success. So if you have the audacity to step into your power, your purpose, and really own your CEO vibe, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Audacious As Fuck podcast. I am your host, Marta Ramos, and today I am joined by the beautiful Sierra Stockland. She is a serial entrepreneur, profit-first coach, and podcast host of the Boutique Workshop Podcast. Sierra, welcome to the show. Hello. I love listening to how you pronounce your name. It's beautiful. (laughs) It would not sound like that, you know, if I tried, but yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. And yes, that's that's the Latina version in me. It usually in English is Martha Ramos. That's how it would come across only, you know, with a really Northern accent. (laughs) We'll just let you say your name. I love it. Uh, Thank you. And where are you from actually? So I'm from North Dakota. Right now I live in Tennessee. We just moved down to Tennessee, but born and raised in Fargo, North Dakota. And then for the last eight, nine years, we've lived in Grand Forks, which is about an hour from the Canadian border. So really as far north, cold, snow, ice as you can possibly get. Ooh, and from a person, I mean, I'm in New York, but I hate winter because I'm originally from Dominican Republic, which is like hot all the time. Yes, yes. (laughs) So kudos to you. But listen, today I know that we're going to get into why you need confidence before you can make a profit. And I was recently in one of my Facebook entrepreneurial communities and somebody recently posted like, you don't need more knowledge, you need more confidence. Yes. So interesting. And I'm like, wow, like the universe is like talking to me because I'm like, I'm about to talk to Sierra about why you need confidence to make money. And before we get into it, just share a little bit about your journey and what led you to this chapter of your life. Yes. So like I mentioned, I'm from North Dakota, born and raised um, in an entrepreneurial family. My grandpa and my dad both had their own small business. So it never was a foreign idea to me to have a small business, to just, you know, pave your own way. And so I started as a young child, just always finding opportunity, um, selling rocks to the neighbors, having garage sales, lemonade stands, little shows we put on and we sell tickets for 25 cents. I have to say that I had like really amazing neighbors to be like, oh, what's Sierra doing this week? Um, But always looking for opportunity to create value in something or to learn something new. And so as I, you know, started growing into the thought of what I really wanted to do with my life, it only made sense to build my own business. And so when I was 13, I actually launched my first formal business, um, not on purpose. I was a homeschool student um, and had the opportunity to start a small acting company, which then blossomed into a full-on theater production company. And I ran that and built that for about a decade. And that's where I really learned what it meant to market, to grow, to manage a checkbook. 
to pay rent, <laughs> um, all of those pieces. Um, so I did that for a while and then got married, had a couple little ones and just decided I really didn't want to be in that nonprofit nights and weekends space anymore. And so I would go into retail, which is nights, weekends and holidays. So <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, but, um, opened my first store in 2006, built that franchised it. Um, another decade went by of learning, growing, winning, losing all of those pieces. And then after I sold that brand, I ended up where I am today, which is coaching um, inventory-based businesses really to build profitability into their boutique business. Wow. I love that. I mean, selling rocks to your neighbors. What? Yes. I'm like, what type of neighbors are these? Right. Well, you know, I think we just bring our little red wagon around, you know, and the rocks were free. So I'm like, these rocks are free. And I could make, I think we sold them for a nickel, <laughs> um, you know, not painted, not, not anything. Just would you like this? But again, it's just that mindset of like, where's opportunity? Mm -hmm. Look at this. There's opportunity here. And I can ask a question, which is, hello, would you be interested in this? And would you exchange financial, you know, coins or dollar bills for what I think is of value? And then you get the yes or no. So it was my first lesson in cold calling. <laughs> I love that. And where did you get the confidence to actually go out and do that at such a young age? I think I'm wired that way a little bit. So I'm really not afraid of failure. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid of taking on a challenge. I'm not afraid of a mess, solving problems. But then also from my parents, I mean, the acting company really came about because I was a homeschool student. I was kind of complaining that there wasn't opportunity for drama and theater. And my mom said, well, why don't you just do something then? Why don't you create the opportunity? Um, I remember my mom telling me as a child, like, you know, when you would, we all did this as young. And sometimes we do this in our own mind as adults too. Like nobody's my friend. I'm in this situation. They all, and my mom would say, well, then you need to step up and go put yourself in that situation and ask for a friend. Like if you sit on the, in the corner on a chair, then you won't have any friends, you know? So that my parents were always challenging me to ask for what I wanted and so I think as you start doing that, you build those confidence muscles mm -hmm. and yeah. And then it just, it goes on and on. I love that. And when you said, um, you're not afraid to fail, I'm like, yes, we need to be screaming that from like the top of our lungs because so many people are held back from either taking the leave from their nine to five to start their entrepreneurial journey or asking that really cute boy out on a date because they're afraid of failure, afraid of rejection. Yes. And I love how you said that you're not afraid to fail. And it is a mindset. Yes. It is having what I like to say, like that growth mindset where instead of looking at failure as you suck at this or whatever the case might mm -hmm. be, you're looking at it as an opportunity to grow. Yes. And an opportunity to put yourself in a place that you might not even know exists until you try. I mean, that's where we find ourselves in small business. You go through one door or you meet one person and it opens up another door or another relationship that you didn't even know you needed or was mm -hmm. a possibility, but you have to take that step first. Because yeah. if you just sit in your corner, you're never going to have the friends, as mom would say. You know, you're just going to sit there and pout and complain about your situation. Why don't you get up and go ask? I love that. Now you say that, you know, you really do need confidence to make money. So can you explain a little bit about what you mean by that? Yes. So what I found um, as I've been working as a coach now, you know, being on the other side, if you will, of business, um, helping business owners is that so many do not have confidence 
specifically in their numbers or in the foundational pieces of their business. So I don't understand the numbers, therefore I won't look at them. Or Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel foolish, so I'm not going to ask the questions. Or I'm only going to focus on what I enjoy. And I'm just going to push that other part to the side. And so they don't build the confidence in, like, I know my business more than anyone. I know what makes it tick. I know who my customer is. So they miss out on profitable opportunities because they don't have the confidence to take those risks with the right information behind them or to make decisions based off of data. Everything is off of emotion. Mm -hmm. I feel like buying this. I feel like I should be on this Instagram platform. Maybe I feel like instead of having the confidence to say, I can say no to TikTok because my customers aren't on TikTok. Mm. I'm confident in that. No, like I don't need to be over there. I'm confident in saying that's great that everybody sells on social. That's not where my customer hangs out. And so I'm confident in saying no. And when we have those confidence conversations with ourselves, we find ourselves making more money because we're saying yes to the right things. Ooh, I love that. I was nodding my head like, yes, I've been there. I am one to like shy away from the numbers. Right. Um, And I'm like, that's an interesting way how she framed it. So now I'm going to go back and not be afraid to look at them and actually get in tune with the data. I am not a, a data numbers person. I'm actually... As an ESFJ, I am more of Creative. a feeler and yes. an emotional, like I tend to make my choices from an emotional place, but yeah, hmm. I just remember what it felt like the first time I left a bank meeting and I thought I knew every answer to their question. And in fact, they should have asked me this, this, and this, like I know my business better than anyone. And that confidence was amazing. That feeling of, I am in control of my business. And yes, things come up and, you know, opportunities come and go. But as a whole, I am the driver of my business. My business is not driving me and telling me what to do. And when you have that confidence, you start making better choices, which produces profit in the long run. I love that. And I think that's true for in any situation, like even in a relationship, like when you have that self-awareness and confidence within yourself. Like if you're in a toxic relationship or even work environment that you will be able to take yourself out of that situation and create a new opportunity for yourself because you have that inner confidence. Yes. And that doesn't just happen. It's one small decision after the next. Mm -hmm. It's the decision that, you know what, this employee is not doing what I hired her to do. I need to have that conversation. And no, I'm not going to shove it under the rug and ignore it and pretend I didn't see it. I'm going to have the conversation. It's that one small decision of, I don't really understand my number, so I'm going to find someone who can help me. It's that one small decision, one thing layering on top of the next that builds those resiliency and those confidence muscles. Because the the mind muscles are just as important as our physical muscles. And we know that we have to go to the gym, we have to walk consistently or whatever we're doing to build those, but we forget that our mind, like it takes repetitive work, intentional decision-making to build those muscles as well. Absolutely. And I like to say that confidence is a skill and courage is the muscle that you need to work on every day, which is similar to you, like taking those, making those decisions, taking it one step at a time. That's how you build your courage muscle, which in turn builds up your confidence skill. Yes. 
Yes. And the more confident we are, the more results we see, which creates momentum, which creates more confidence. Absolutely. It really does all. Yeah, it all flows. I love that. And, and what's one of the um, pieces of advice or tool that you give your clients as a coach in order to build her confidence? Yeah. So it depends on who I'm working with. I mean, a lot of the clients I work with, it's numbers focused and I'm not an accountant. I'm not a bookkeeper. I just know how exciting it is when you have power and control in your business. And I know that understanding your numbers gives you that. So that's why I get jazzed up, not because I love accounting and bookkeeping. So if I'm working with someone where, you know, they come and they say, oh my goodness, here I have all these different revenue streams. I don't know my margins. I don't understand. I, I, I hear this a lot. Like I made so much money last year, but that money isn't in my bank. Like where did it go? <laughs> like I hear that all the time. So the first thing I'll do is we, you know, I kind of go through the same process and system every time. Let's lay everything out. Let's look at all the numbers. And I always say, don't hide anything for me or yourself. Like, let's just be bold. Let's put it out there. Even if you, you know, if you buy yourself a coffee every Friday, I got to know about it. Like write it all down. And we start by just looking at everything because you really can't evaluate and create a plan if you don't have everything in front of you. And I think the same thing would go with time. You know, if you struggle with managing your time, let's write it all down. Let's time journal for a week. Let's see where you're bleeding time and where there's Mm -hmm. opportunity to capture some of that time. Because once we have a clear picture, we can create a plan. I love that. And one of the things that as an entrepreneur, and I don't know how true this is for you, but I know that I am not confident all the time. So can you really sit there and say that, you know, Sierra, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you are 100% confident every day, all day? No. And so knowing that, and I don't think we'll ever get to a place, I mean, because then then we would be telling ourselves the truth, you know? Yeah. And so knowing that though, I can build as much confidence muscle as possible. I have to challenge myself in new ways. So last year I decided to do an Ironman. Mm. Um, Yeah. So I've been a 5K girl, 5K because you can run fast, quick, get it over with, training's 30 minutes. You know, an Ironman is a two-mile swim, 112-mile bike ride, and a full marathon in a day. Wow. Um, I knew that that would challenge me. It would challenge, of course, physically, but mentally in a way that I've never challenged myself before. And so I took on that project to build confidence in another way, right? Mm. So I think we can look at, you know, where do we feel like we're weak or what would we like to improve? Or when people that we admire, like, oh, she's so sure of herself in this, this, or this, let's explore why. Why can't I have that confidence and that surety? And then you push yourself in new and exciting ways. I love that. Did you already go through the Ironman? I did. So I did it in um, October and then I'm signed up. I'll be doing another one this August. Wow. Kudos to you. Thank you. I've only met like men that actually went through that, but to hear a woman have the audacity to go ahead and do that. I love that. It was awesome. Awesome. It was awesome. Awesome. So switching gears a little bit, let's talk a little bit about like, what are the three things that someone should do if they are looking to scale and or sell a business? Yes. First of all, you have to have the end in mind. So really understand what you want. Um, Are you planning to sell it? Do you want to pass it down to a family member? Do you want to open multiple locations? Like think all the way to the end, which is really hard for us as entrepreneurs. Funny enough, because we We can vision so many things, Mm -hmm. but for us, a lot of times when I'll say like, what's your end goal? I don't know. How would I even define that? You know, we kind of get scared, but have the end in mind. Then second, use that end as a filter. 
So for every decision you make, is does this make sense for where I want to be? For example, if you really want to build to sell and you're thinking about bringing on a new technology platform, is this going to create more value in the company? Is it not going to, will this help the eventual sale of the company? So you use that end as a filter for decisions that you make. And then I think the third thing would be to really have a vision cast. Like what is the What's the heartbeat of your business? Mm-hmm. Have that written down. Um, go deeper than you would with just a one or two line mission statement, but really what's the vision for your company? Um, because all of those things play together then in the scaling process. Oof. I love that. Having the end in mind, which is definitely hard for entrepreneurs yeah. to do because we constantly have like all these ideas. Yes. Uh Now, why do you say that, um, or I should say, why do most coaches never see their coaching business scale? So I think a lot of coaches don't see it scale because we, we run out of time. So we, you know, most coaches do are probably going to do like a one-on-one type coaching situation. And we only have so many hours to trade for so many dollars. So you can scale Mm -hmm. that as you build, you know, your repertoire and you build testimonials, you can start charging more, but you're going to cap out at that too. I mean, you could charge $10,000 an hour and there's coaches that do that, but eventually we cap out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you don't have some sort of process for a one-to-many offer, there's no way to scale you. Like you're going to run out of time. So being able to weave in a one-to-many opportunity or offer will help the scaling process for your coaching business. Ooh, that's why I kind of shy away from one-on-one and I'm more focused on a community business model because you can serve a lot of people with either that one workshop or even this, like the podcast for me, not only has it become healing in my journey as an entrepreneur, but also it allows me to impact on a bigger scale. So many. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah. This one short episode. So thank you for that. Now, what should a small business owner concentrate on if they would like to build more profit into their business? Yeah, I think it really, you have to dial it down to your unit level metrics. And what I mean by that is, let's say you're a coaching business and let's say you have a one-on-one offering and you have a group offering. What are the unit level metrics behind those? So how many people do you have to have one-on-one at what rate to get where you want to with a sales goal? What are the unit level metrics? What's the average ticket? What's the lifespan of a customer? It's all of those unit level, those key performance indicators, those KPIs. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to be really important in any business. So the same thing with inventory-based businesses. What's your average ticket? How? What's your conversion rate? How do those combine to bring you your goal? So first I find like a lot of entrepreneurs overall, they just don't set goals at all. So their, their goal is to like make money or to pay the bills, but that's not really a goal. <laughs> so um, they don't set a goal. And if they do set a goal, it's not backed by anything. So I want to do $10,000. I want to do $20,000 this month. Okay, but that where does that come from and what does mm-hmm. it mean? So you have to break that down into unit level metrics so that you have something to march towards. I need to have 100 customers that each pay me on average $150 to make my goal. Now I put that up on my whiteboard and I start chalking mm-hmm. that off and I make a plan. Where am I going to find them? What are my activities today to produce those sales? Um, so I think that's the key to really finding yourself in a profitable situation, understanding the numbers, of course, and how they play in, but then having those unit level metrics to concentrate on. 
And how would you simplify that? Like, how would you simplify your business to build more of a profit? Yeah. So I think looking at those unit level metrics and then understanding the margin behind them. So, you know, in inventory, of course, we have our inventory as our margin. So we have our, you know, I sold a pair of jeans for 10 bucks. It cost me five. My margin's $5. But every business has a margin. Say, you know, service-based businesses, we have a margin. What does it cost to make those sales? You have to understand that Mm because ultimately that's what drives the profit. I mean, you can be a million dollar business and I see this all the time in different boutique forms and conversational forms for small business owners. Like, oh my goodness, I hit the million dollar mark. Okay. But do you have money? (laughs) Like, are you profitable? Because what's the margin? What are the costs there? And are they tight enough to meet those sales goals? Do they fall in line? That's ultimately what matters. It's not how big the business is. It's how profitable it is. Which makes total sense. And for me, again, I said, I am not a numbers person. I don't know the whole back end story. You're making me, you know, think a lot of what I think and probably sweat like, Oh boy, here we go. Yeah, Yeah, no, no. (laughs) Cause it's uncomfortable. It's scary. Yeah. A lot. And I'm like, Sierra is making me like sweat here during this interview. Cause I'm (laughs) like, I don't know the back end as well as I should. And I think I keep running away from it because I am not as confident in my numbers as I am, as I should be, I should say. And if, you know, I'm sure you have so many listeners that are like, absolutely, me too. So if I have a client that comes on and they're like, I just don't know the numbers. I just don't like it. I, I'll i tell them, let's start simply. I want you to pick one or choose one number you're going to fall in love with. Mm. And what I mean by that is, is it your margin? Is it your sales goal? Is it your profitability? Like what's the one number you're going to fall in love with? Because when you fall in love with something, what do you do? You learn everything you can about it. You fixate on it. You concentrate on it. And so we don't have to learn all the numbers right away. Let's just look at your margin. I want you to learn everything about margin, why it matters, where it comes from, what's driving your margin, fall in love with it, track it, measure it, obsess over it. And when you do that, suddenly you find like, Oh, and in that process, I learned what I need to about my expenses. And in that process, I learned average ticket really matters. And in that process, you build that. So we don't have to start by knowing everything. Let's just choose one thing that we're going to focus on. I am taking notes. Um, I will definitely go back and listen to this episode. And I hope for, for my listeners and my entrepreneurs out there, please do the same because I feel like Ciara just dropped some major gems, especially for those of us that don't like to look at the numbers and understand the story behind it. But at the end of the day, we need that in order to have the confidence that we need to make profit. Yes. So I love that. Thank you so much. Now, before we wrap up, I always like to ask my guests, what does it mean to be the CEO of your life and or business? Oh, I love it. So for me, it means living big. This is a new um, method, if you will, that I've been starting to weave into how I teach and coach. It's this idea of living big, which is bold, intentional, and grateful. And that to me is being a CEO of your life, being bold with the choices you make, bold with what you learn, where you put yourself, being really intentional and purposeful in every decision, and being grateful for all of the opportunities, for all the losses for all the wins, for all the learnings. Um, And when we live this life of bigness, right, this bold, intentional, grateful life, we become the CEO. We're the one in charge. Mm, That is beautiful. We're the ones in charge. Yes, mi gente, my ladies listening, 
You are the CEO. You are in the driver's seat. Yes. Um, now, what is the one thing, and I feel like you answered this before, but what is the one thing you've done that's been audacious or what makes you feel audacious as far? I love the name of your podcast, by the way. It's so much fun. Um, I would say my Ironman journey was pretty audacious. Yeah. That was a really bold step for me because, first of all, <laughs> I'm kind of lazy when it comes to exercising. I, I'm someone who can easily find an excuse to be like, eh, I don't know, you know, tired, I don't feel good, whatever. And so I knew if I committed to that, I mean, it was 16 to 20 hours of training every week mm-hmm. that if I wanted to finish that, cross that finish line, I couldn't let laziness, you know, seep in. And so that was pretty audacious for me to say, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it well. Love it. Well, listen, Sierra, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for dropping your gems. Like I said, I took some some value away from it, and I hope our listeners did too. Thank you for having me. It was such a fun conversation. Thank you. And mi gente, I will catch you guys on our next episode. Love you guys. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes and share the love with a friend or two. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, friend, so you don't miss an episode. And with that, until next time, 